Well, it's really great to see you, and I'm glad you've decided to be with us on this evening for our Christmas Eve service. Our prayer this Advent has been that God would cause our hearts to sing, that we would be a people who sing deeply from our hearts in response to the coming of the Christ. We've been looking at Luke's Gospel, Luke chapters 1 through 2, at the songs of Christmas, differing songs that are sung in response to the coming of Jesus. We've looked at Mary's song and Zachariah's song and the angels' song, and tonight we will hear the song of an old man, a man in the Scriptures that I have loved for years, Simeon. And so let's turn our hearts and ears to hear Simeon's song. Better put, let's ask God to tune our hearts that we might sing and respond to the Christ in the same way as Simeon. So let me read from Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 35. This is God's Word. I'm going to ask you to stand if you're able as we read it. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. The prophet Isaiah says, The grass withers and the flowers fade, but God's word endures forever. Let's pray. God, I ask that you would come, that you would speak to us, that you would pierce our hearts, pierce our souls, that we might behold Jesus with eyes of faith, that you would stir within us a longing to know you, to be known by you. pray that we would respond deeply from our hearts, rejoicing in all that Christ brings in his first coming, and we long for his second coming. So would you bless your word? Would it do its work in our lives. Would you remove me, the preacher, so that Christ and Christ alone is exalted? Would you change us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, not long after Tim Cook, who's the current CEO of Apple, took over for the deceased Steve Jobs, he said this, the whole role of the company is to give people something they didn't know they wanted to give people something they didn't know they wanted. What is it that people want? What do you want? 
Did you know that in 2012, a new vocation arose called a wantologist? Someone who gets paid to help others figure out what they really want. Seriously, it's been a craze over the past six years, paying someone $200 to $300 an hour to help you figure out what it is you really want in life. Over the last six weeks, children have been crawling onto the laps of Santas all across our country, and Santa has been asking each child, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want? I would like to suggest that there's even a more important question. It's the Advent question. It is the Christmas Eve question. What is worthy of wanting? What is worth wanting and longing after? Simeon is a man of wanting, a man of longing, who finds his wants and longings fulfilled in Jesus. I have to start out by telling you that the want for a little bit more money, the want for a little bit more influence, or the want for more power, or more romance, or more comfort, or more social change. All of these, at the end of the day, when you put your head on your pillow, will leave you wanting. Jesus is worth wanting. Jesus is the only one who will not leave you wanting. He will fulfill all of your longings. That's not always immediate. You know this, Simeon waits for years for Israel's consolation, for Israel's comfort, for Israel's rescue, for the coming of the Messiah. And we celebrate tonight the first coming of the Christ, but we wait for the second advent when Christ comes again and we will have the full consolation. So we wait. So tonight I want us to look at Simeon and Jesus. Two things about Simeon and Two things Simeon teaches us about Jesus. Let's look first at Simeon. We're going to look at his heart of wanting and his eyes of faith. Let's look first at Simeon's heart of wanting. Jesus' parents, Mary and Joseph, are pious. They're obedient to the law. Our passage, actually starting in verse 22 through verse 35, says five times that Mary and Joseph did so according to the law. They are obedient to the law. Mary and Joseph listened to God's word and sought to live accordingly. According to the law they bring, therefore, Jesus, who is eight days old, to the temple for his presentation, his circumcision, and for Mary's purification. And devout Simeon has day after day, month after month, year after year, gone to the temple to pray, to wait for the Messiah. And he's been told by God that he would not see death until the Messiah comes. Day after day, month after month, year after year, Simeon is peering into each child who would be presented. And he wonders, is this the Christ? I'm sure many people in the temple had seen this old man and thought him absurd yet even crazy. The day has finally arrived, the day he's been waiting for, the arrival of the Messiah, the consolation of Israel, the comfort and the rescue. 
And Simeon, led by the Spirit of God, is at the right place at the right time. He beholds the Messiah and his heart soars in song. This is what he's been waiting for. It's what he's been longing for and his heart is fulfilled. How can you cultivate a heart of wanting? How can you and I have a Simeon heart? It will never happen if you seek consolation. Again, remember that means comfort, rescue. If you seek consolation from created things rather than Jesus. That is the core of addiction. To seek comfort and rescue through work, alcohol, sex, exercise, influence. Life lived this way will always leave you wanting. A simian heart comes through being devout, devoted to God, devoted to His Word and trusting His promises. Simeon, Mary, and Joseph, they hear God's voice. They believe God's voice and they obey Him. This is how we develop a simian heart. Our world tells us to pursue our wants independent of anyone. And Christianity tells us that our wants are only fulfilled when we are dependent on God and we follow Him. Simeon takes the Christ child in his arms. Can you imagine that? Eight-day-old Jesus in his arms? Simeon, the one who has been waiting for peace, is now holding the Prince of Peace. Simeon, a created human being, is holding the creator of all things. Simeon, a servant of the temple, is holding the temple, the presence of God. Simeon holds God in flesh, and Simeon sings. He sings, Lord, now you... You are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Second thing we see about Simeon are Simeon's eyes of faith. He breaks out in the song, let your servant depart in peace. In other words, let your servant be dismissed. Remember, he's been told that he would not die until he saw the Messiah. All his longings. Fulfilled in Jesus, and he breaks out into song by singing, Now I'm ready to die. Let me leave this world. That's faith. Faith is ready to die. Anyone who sees Jesus with eyes of faith is ready to die. Anyone who's beheld the Messiah is ready to leave this world and enter the life that is to come. In this life, we see dimly. We do not see and know Christ fully as followers of Christ. We believe that our hearts are most deeply satisfied in Him and only in the life that is to come will we see Him face to face. Will we know Him fully so in faith we are ready, even eager to die? My father-in-law is known in our family as someone who is at times a little morbid, he will talk about wanting to die. We, we joke around, but it's real. He seriously talks about preferring to be with Jesus than living on earth. That's faith. For as great as family and children and grandchildren or fun trips and good food and a, and a good party 
and success and, and life might be, they all pale in comparison to seeing the Messiah face to face. Are you ready to die? That is the question of faith. If you've not embraced Jesus in faith, you are not ready to leave this world. Would you embrace him and receive what your heart most deeply wants? Comfort, rescue, salvation. Well, Simeon sings and he, he reveals two things about Jesus. That the Messiah brings a global salvation and the Messiah brings a sword of conflict. Let's look first at the Messiah's global salvation. Mary and Joseph bring Jesus to the temple for his presentation, which called for a burnt offering, and for Mary's purification, which called for a sin offering. According to Leviticus, the Old Testament law, they were to bring a lamb for the burnt offering and a pigeon for a sin offering. Mary and Joseph didn't bring a lamb because they couldn't afford one. All they could scrap together were two pigeons, which was still in accord to God's law because God had made stipulation for those living in poverty of what they might offer. So what we're seeing again in Luke's gospel is that Jesus was born into severe poverty. I mean, who would believe that this is the Savior of the world, the one born to a mother and a father who could only offer two pigeons? Simeon sings, your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all people, a light for revelation to Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. This too would have sent shockwaves throughout the temple. Who is this old man singing in the middle of the Jewish temple in Jerusalem about Gentiles receiving the Messiah? The elite, the Jewish elect, they would have been thinking the Messiah is coming for us. See, what we see here is that the Christ comes for all people, the poor and the wealthy, the Jew and the Gentile. The mission of the Christ is a global mission, a universal mission to all people. Would you embrace him? Jesus came for all people, no matter who you are, where you come from, what you've done, what you've not done. He came for you. And I will say this, once you've embraced the king, once you've embraced the Messiah, you will be compelled to go to the world and declare him to the world until he takes you out of this world. The Messiah brings a global mission. Second thing is that the Messiah brings a sword of conflict. Not only does Simeon sing about the global salvation of the Christ child, but Simeon looks at Mary and Joseph and says in verse 34, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed and a sword will pierce through your own soul, soul also. So the thoughts for many hearts will be revealed. Now I know at Christmas time we like to talk about sweet baby Jesus. We love our sweet nativity scenes and we like to sweeten up Christmas. But please don't sanitize Christmas. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, but He brings His peace through warfare. He brings a sword. He causes many to fall and many to rise, which means that Jesus 
is polarizing. There is no middle ground with Jesus. There is no neutral observer. With Jesus, He demands all of our life. And in doing so, He divides the world. For those who will embrace Him and those who oppose Him. There will be many who oppose Christ and Christianity. Heard one pastor say the manger at Christmas means that if you embrace Jesus and live like him, there won't be room for you in a lot of ends. You will experience opposition in this world. Christ brings conflict with the world and Christ also brings conflict with our own hearts and souls. Simeon says that the sword will pierce your own soul also. Mary would ultimately see her son Jesus betrayed and crucified. She would be there at the cross, and that would be painful for her. But I think we see a little more of this meaning when when Simeon says that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. The sword will pierce your heart. Jesus is saying, or Simeon's saying about Jesus, is that Jesus will bring conflict with your own heart. It's true that many struggles end when we believe and embrace Jesus. The struggle to prove ourselves is over. We are unconditionally loved. The struggle for achievement is over. We have received everything. And the struggle for deep satisfaction, as I've been saying, is over because we've been offered it. But there is a whole new set of struggles that await us. A war within our own hearts awaits. Once you follow Jesus, there will be sin that rears its head, temptation that comes our way, many imposters promising salvation. You know who the greatest imposter there is? The self. Yourself. You will want to justify yourself. You will be tempted to depend on yourself. You will be at war with the Christ who declares us already justified. And who calls us to depend on Him. There is a war within. And so let me ask you, do you have a war within, a fight within? That's a good sign if you do. For this is a mark of a Christian. British pastor and theologian J.C. Ryle said, A child of God has two great marks. He may be known by his inward warfare as well as inward peace. Listen, it is the pain of warfare that often brings the peace of Christ. Repentance of sin, repentance of self-reliance, repentance of self-justification, it hurts. It wounds the pride. It cuts the ego. Following Jesus is costly. It hurts. It might wound your reputation to live like Jesus. It might cost you money. It might cost you friends and family. Remember, the one who bows down rises. The one who rises will fall. If you pledge allegiance to Jesus, it will pierce you. It is costly to follow him. Repentance and obedience hurt. But know this, God's peace comes through this piercing. A good surgeon knows the only way to have healing from a tumor is through the scalpel. The surgeon spills your blood, cuts you open. This is the only way to heal. A good therapist knows the only way to have healing from depression 
is through the pain of confronting painful memories and terrible feelings. Thankfully, this piercing of repentance and obedience, it's not fatal. Our piercing is for our own healing and peace. And the only way we receive that is because Jesus would take the fatal piercing sword as he hung on the cross. Jesus Christ, baby born in a manger, would become the sin offering as he hung on the tree for the salvation of the whole world, for all people. And that day in the temple, Mary and Joseph were too poor to provide a lamb. But God knew he would provide that burnt offering. He would provide the lamb, the lamb who would take away the sins of the world. And Jesus would rise up so that those who experience the sting and the pain of repentance and obedience will rise up with him in new life, in his peace. What do you want for Christmas? What is worth wanting for Christmas? Simeon was a man of obsession. He thought a lot of seeing his king. Jesus is the only thing that will fulfill your deep longings. C.S. Lewis wrote, A baby feels hunger. Well, there's such a thing as food. A duckling wants to swim. Well, there is such a thing as water. Men feel sexual desire, desire. Well, there's such a thing as sex. If I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. We were made for another world. No longer seeing dimly, but face to face with the king. Face to face with Jesus. Simeon seemed like a crazy old man. He was devout. He waited patiently in faith to behold the Messiah King. The world might think us crazy at times. And there will be opposition and we will have conflict in our own hearts. But let's wait for the full consolation Let's wait patiently between the first and second coming of Jesus. Famous quote from 4th century African bishop St. Augustine said, Our hearts are restless until we rest in Thee. Our hearts are restless until we rest in Him. What is worth wanting? May we all say, Christ. For only Christ will satisfy our deepest longings and leave us, rather not leave us, still wanting. Let's pray. God, I ask that you would give us hearts that long for you, eyes of faith to behold and trust and follow you. Thank you that you have come for all people. There's no one that's not offered this gift of salvation. And so would we respond? Would we receive all that you've done for us? Thank you that you are healing us and bringing us your peace. Lord, 
We look to you. We trust you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.